0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for jumping on board, Robert, along with my co-host, RG Seal. And hey, if you hadn't heard already, the Houston Sports Talk podcast now available on Spotify. So yet another way you can listen to us when you're on the go. In this show, we're focusing on the Texans and Rockets. We'll head on the Astros in the next one. If you missed it, Dustin Rensick from the Houston Cougars Scott and Holman podcast joined me a couple of days ago talking a little cougs and for some stupid reason the 29 and 2 cougars are only ranked 11th in the ap poll at this point even though their power ranking is number four we get into a little bit about the difference in the power ranking and the net rating in that show and also uh you know the cougs it just seems like they're getting that Rodney Dangerfield treatment. And- well, hey,
1: that Rodney Dangerfield treatment, though, you know, that can be a chip on a shoulder come tourney time, too. Because, look, I, when you're talking about rankings, what you're just saying jumping in here on that, your topic, they're always going to take from the bigger conferences. If you have, you know, UNC and Duke, the winner of that game, and then, of course, Gonzaga has had been a power school for the last few years, even though they're from a small conference, you have the SEC teams like Kentucky and Tennessee. I mean, once you start throwing all of these, you know, Michigan and Michigan State, you have all these teams that are inside, you know, from the big conferences, uh, even the Big 12, of course, you know, so you you throw all that. Then, of course, the the Cougars are going to get pushed down the ladder. But the good news is that I think that, you know, if they're a three or four seed in the tourney, if they're not a number two seed, uh, you know, fall because of their... The, just by nature of the conference, that can give a chip on their shoulder. That can give them the motivation, added motivation. Hey, you know, we didn't get the the two seed or we didn't get the three seed. So, you know, that can always make teams grow even closer.
0: Again, more stuff in that podcast earlier in the week. We get in depth on the Cougars. But uh, since we've been starting with the Rockets so much recently and the Texans are finally making news, let's start with them this time. Ty Matthew and Kareem Jackson both surprisingly gone. I guess we were expecting maybe one of those guys, but not both of them. Matthew gets three years, $42 million from the Chiefs. Jackson, three years, $33 million from the Broncos. RG, for some strange reason, teams willing to pay safeties this year after pinching pennies, you know, MLB style last year.
1: You know, it kind of reminds me, it reminds me of like the bullpen in baseball for, for many years. Remember, it was like, oh, just get a safety in the fifth round, you know. Yeah, you can get an undrafted safety. And like you said, now they're, They're being uh, snatched up, and it's kind of like what bullpen arms are in baseball, right? You know, for years, it was just like, oh, you can kind of, you know, cobble together the bullpen. So, yeah, I mean, the Texans uh, going out, adding a safety. They lose to Ron Matthew, the Honey Badger, Uh, and, uh, you know, his teammates really loved him last year. You can just see that just by his his departure there and everything. But, uh, you know, again, kind of what we talked about last week, the Texans they assigned a value. You know, Kansas City had three-year contract, fourteen million a year. Texans didn't want to go that high. They they put a value on Tyrone Matthew. If they could work out a a contract, that'd be fine. But you know, they figured, well, we can get to Sean Gibson uh, to a, to a better deal, and then you know, they went out and signed the cornerback Bradley Roby too. So they've been adding to the secondary, but doing it in a, in a price range that they're comfortable with.
0: The big thing when you look at it is you're just surprised that they didn't sign either Jackson or Matthew because they've always been a team that you would think has been desperately looking for a safety and you get a guy comfortable in the system. Both of these guys, it seemed like wanted to come back to Houston. So it's a little bit of a surprise, but not as much so because the price just jumped up and Brian Gain, RG, it looks like he comes right out of that bill Belichick school of, hey, we're going to assign a value, you know, maybe Jeff Luno's school and the the Daryl Morey school is we assign a value. If the price goes way up, we're not going to overpay. We're not going to get freaked out for what basically are, I guess, the NFL's version of role players and safeties. And that's, you know, that's something we've learned from the other two sports in Houston.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's just saying there about the analytics and being able to assign a value to a player. And and you're right. I I think that Brian Gain looks at it, hey, would the Texans love to have had Teron Matthew back? That's what they were saying, they wanted to re-sign him. They, you know, it was between Kansas City, apparently, and the Texans. The, But Kansas City just gave them a lot more money. The Texans weren't willing to go that high. So then you shift to your plan B. What's your plan B? That's what good organizations do. I like that because, I mean, we've seen before where you can get saddled with contracts or if you play it, pay a player too much and then that player gets injured and then you all of a sudden have to go and and find that depth, you know, and you don't have... Uh, the ability that you would if you had some more financial flexibility. So, again, I think that it's always a kind of a good thing to take this kind of approach towards player acquisitions. And, and
0: you see this kind of Peggy panic all the time on Twitter and with fans after the first day of free agency. You can't you can't panic early in free agency because, you know, when guys st- start throwing major money at players, you know, when teams start doing that, you know, we've seen this over and over again. It's usually a mistake. It's just a mistake over and over again.
1: People get, they want to see the flashy new cars, right? It's like you pull up in a Lamborghini and you you pull up in a, uh, you know, a Ferrari. I mean, that's going to be, whoa, you know. And, and, but if you just, you know, pull up in a Buick or something that, you know, that everybody is just going to, at the same time, you know, oh, okay, that's, but that, you know, the Buick can be solid and dependable or the, the Honda uh, can, uh, can, can be solid and dependable, but it just, it's not as sexy as, you know pulling up in that, that flashy new car. So it's kind of the same way in the first day of free agency, you throw out all the big names. Yeah. You, know, you throw out, uh, all the guys, like you're talking about Earl, Earl Watson from the Seattle uh, Seahawks, a free agent. You're talking about Teron Matthew, you know, you have like a, a Nick Foles in free agency. So those are all the guys people are, Oh, where are they going to land? And then, you know, kind of then your, your, your lower level players start coming off the board once the, the big names go and there's still the living bell still hasn't signed. He's rumored for almost every team in the NFL.
0: Yeah, your friends that are UT alums would get real mad at you calling uh, Earl Thomas, Earl Watson, a bad point guard in the NBA. I don't know if they'd like that too much. But, uh.
1: Yeah, sorry <laughs> about that. Got some blue brain. Yeah, I'm, I, and I'm I'm a horns guy. I mean, I've, yeah, Earl Thomas. Geez, uh, thanks for catching my error there.
0: Yeah, the, no problem. The Texans uh, added Broncos safety Bradley Roby. You mentioned him. It's a it's a no risk, one year, ten million dollar deal. Uh, And for the second straight season, they signed a secondary player from Jacksonville. Hopefully, this one goes better than the old Aaron Coleman experiment last year. This time, it was safety to Sean Gibson, uh, as you mentioned. Now, his contract, three years, $22 million. Uh, The guaranteed money on the multi-year deals, they're always the key. So, we're waiting to see how it's designed. But neither deal looks like it's a high risk, like I said. And RG, these two players, they're 28. And 27 years old, Cream Jackson was an aging player by NFL standards. Uh, it's not splashy these moves, but we've seen that big money and splash isn't what the better teams do. Like we like we talked about, and again, you know, it's you're you're trying to basically fill a hole with a certain number. And I don't think Gibson or Bradley Road, I don't think these guys are gonna blow anybody away, but. Honestly, I mean Matthew was so, what much more solid than we've had before. Within the Texans have had, but it's not, you know, it wasn't like he was a, a difference maker on defense because the Texans had a lot of problems on defense last year when JJ uh, J. Watt, and Clowney couldn't get to the couldn't get to the quarterback. So I mean that that's you know that's what's going to happen when you get, can't get to the quarterback and you don't have cornerbacks that that can cover.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, you know, they, they did sign Aaron Colvin in free agency last year. He had a down season. Now he's teamed up with his buddy, Tashawn Gibson. They were in the secondary in, in Jacksonville. And yeah, you're right about that, too, as far as for like last season, the Texans had secondary problems. I mean, Kevin Johnson's already departed in free agency, left. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Kareem Jackson you know, first round draft pick starter all these years left. And then you had, I mean, again, the Texans wanted Teron Matthew to come back to the team. It just, they weren't willing to meet that price. And and you see that Deshaun Gibson signs a contract, like you said, 22 million. And then you're talking about, you know, twice that basically for a three-year contract for, uh, you know, Teron Matthew. That's why they just said, Hey, you know, We'd rather – for the production that we'll get, maybe – you know, Teron Matthew can give you uh, – Honey Badger can give you those playmaking, uh, dazzling plays, and he seems to have a nose for the ball. And But, you know, was he superb last year? Was he all pro – He was he was good. But I mean, there were some question marks about, you know, his season last season with the Texans. So, you know, he still was somebody they wanted to bring back. But again, for the right price. And even with like an Earl uh, Thomas, again, getting back to uh, my UT guy, that's somebody that's been talked about. But remember, when the Texans went out and signed Ed Reed. This is a guy coming off an injury. And this is a guy on the other side, he's already 30 years old now, great player, maybe destined even for the hall of fame. Cause he's from the legend of boom. Uh, but you know, you have to look at the fact that, do you want to pay all this money for a guy coming off an injury? So that's another thing you have to look at too. So they took two guys in their twenties that have some upside, that can you know, potentially, especially with the the cornerback that they got, like that Roby first year starting last year. And when, you know, a team like Pittsburgh is after him, you know, organization like that, you, you have to say, you you, uh, you know, giving uh, rather than a multi-year deal with Pittsburgh, the Texans offered the one-year deal. He chose that to kind of bet on the future. So he's also in a
0: contract walk year. So he's got to have something to prove. According to Pro Football Focus, Roby comes off a 59.8 grade out of 100 Uh, Last year, not so great, but in 2015 and 2017, solid grades in the mid-70s, which the Texans would get on their knees and thank the Lord if they got a guy that could give them uh, that good of a quarterback. He's really good in odd years, which is maybe why the Texans only gave him a one-year deal, a deal for 2019. Interesting stat for career passer rating allowed with all the moves that the Texans have made. Ty Matthew and Kareem Jackson, combined for a 94.6 passer rating allowed to Sean Gibson and Bradley Roby combined for an 87.2 passer rating allowed. So advantage Gibson and Roby, the other significant move, RG and free agency, at least for Texans fans, the Jags sign Nick Foles. Now it's a front loaded contract worth 88 million over four years. uh, And I think that's the smart move on Nick Foles. This is bad news for the Texans because even if you're not sure Foles is a special quarterback and he's not a top 10 and, you know, who knows what he's going to do because he's been very inconsistent over the years. He's at least confident, which is competency is better than Blake Bortles, RG. And that, that matters with the team with like Jacksonville. that has got, got some other guys that with some talent on the other side of football.
1: To me, I mean, this Texan division is turning out to be the toughest one in football because uh, I mean, again, you know, last season that uh, you had, you know, Indianapolis beat uh, the course of Texans in the playoffs. Haven't even talked about them yet, but you, they come back with a strong team, strong general manager, head coach. Uh, uh, Andrew Luck, quarterback quarterback, they have $100 million under the salary cap to play with. So they're going to be able to add to their team, and they're a young team. So to me, they already start off ahead of the Texans because they beat them in the playoffs last year, and they're adding to their roster. I know the Texans won the division, but who was the better team at the end of the year? And then you have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Like you said, they go out and get Nick Fulton. What was their problem last season? It was offense. They couldn't even put— You know, a a competent offense out there with Blake Bortles. So uh, to get him, like you said, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, even if he's not going to have the same assets, the same offensive uh, scheme system that he had in Philadelphia that he so thrived with, with uh, Peterson up there, he's still going to be coming to Jacksonville and, like you said, improving him just just by. Uh, being that steady veteran presence on the field who who can at least offer them some consistency and I mean again, and then we haven't even talked about the Tennessee Titans and what they can do. And, and, you know, that, that's a team that, I mean, I think Marcus Marietta is kind of at a crossroads of his career. I mean, I think people want to see, can he take that next step? Or is he always going to be this injury prone kind of uh, average NFL cornerback? So, I mean, to to me, the AFC South has turned into a beast of a division.
0: Yeah. Interesting uh, to see what's going to happen, because the thing that scares me about the Titans is they could maybe go out and get somebody like Josh Rosen that might be on the cheap at this point, but, you know, if they got a quarterback that was a little bit better than Mariota, a little bit more consistent, at least the guy that's going to be able to stay on the field more, uh, the Titans could be really dangerous. But I just wouldn't be surprised if Rosen got dealt because Kyler Murray looks like a, you know, he looks like a guy that the Cardinals are zeroing in on with their first pick with the first pick in the draft. And, you know, all the indications are and, you know, with the new head coach and with the Texas Tech and likes that type of offense and. I mean, we know what what all that's about, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Rosen goes somewhere else. I'm just hoping he stays out of the AFC South. Hopefully, maybe he stays out of the AFC. Maybe he goes to the Redskins or something like that. Well, the Redskins just picked up Case Keenum. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think he's a long term a long term uh, solution there. Well,
1: I mean, there's another team now, now that uh, I, as just prior to recording this with the the Cleveland Browns uh, getting for Baker Mayfield acquiring Odell Beckham's, it's kind of set shockwaves throughout the, the league because, yeah, it talked about like, oh, would Odell Beckham ever be traded? Could you trade kind of your centerpiece player from the Giants? To me, it just shows that, you know, they're going in for the rebuild now, even though they have Saquon Barkley and all that. Now it's his team and they're going to draft a quarterback to kind of succeed Eli Manning. It, yeah, but so that kind of will change the – the the draft board around here because the Giants have extra picks now could that mean if yeah they, they can either trade up to get you know make sure that they get their quarterback that they want uh, they talked about the Ohio State quarterback as well as like you said the Heisman winner uh, Kyler Murray so. You know, you have who could go number one overall. So Arizona having that number one overall pick, if they do decide to draft, like you said, for the Cliff Kingsbury system, just kind of what are the other moves that are going to happen? I just don't see. I don't I don't I know you talked about like the uh, Tennessee Titans going after, you know, Josh Rose. I just don't see that. I because I still think they want to look. They they drafted Mariota second overall. He's shown flashes. He's shown promises. I promise. in in the position, I just don't think they're ready to say, we're bringing in another franchise quarterback. We're giving up on Marcus Mariota, But I do think that, you know, acquiring some kind of solid veteran backup that could, could, that could a not only challenge him, but you know, also if he potentially gets injured, can step in there and play too. So I think that's more the direction the Tennessee Titans will go in.
0: Mike Vrabel didn't draft him though. And coaches, they get big on their own quarterbacks and the guys that they fall in love with. And, you know, I don't know how married he is to Mariota. That's, that's the question. But I, would...
1: I mean, the organization, you know, because of the, the ownership and the GM, they were behind that. And, and, you know, he, he was the number two overall pick. I mean, it's somebody that, you know, I know that you could say, Hey, you know, cut the ties here right now. I mean, he's been a little bit of a disappointment, but he's also led them, you know, to the playoffs and he's, he's had his moments and, you know, that's just to automatically kind of give up on that right now. I mean, it's it's just usually that doesn't happen. So, I I just like I said, I think that they still probably I I think if I think it's it would be more likely after next season if Mariota has a disappointing season next year, then you'll have given him several years. It'll have been, you know, this guy's just never going to be the quarterback that we envision and then you do have, I just don't think that they say, you know, we're cutting bait right now. I'd be surprised by that.
0: Well, let's go back to the uh, Odell Beckham deal because they gave up a first-round pick, a third-round pick. They have two of those. And then they gave up safety Jabril Peppers. Seems like a, a lot to give up for Odell Beckham, but you give Baker Mayfield a weapon. You give somebody that he can rely on, that can catch the football. The Browns have had a lot of receivers over the last few years that, you know, they do a lot of things except catching the football is not one of them. And then you have that added to Kareem Hunt if he's going to you know be able to to play uh, this year I assume he will at least get a few games suspension but you know he's one of the better running backs you you give Baker Mayfield all these weapons and all of a sudden the Browns rebuild speeds up quite a bit and you look at Odell Beckham's contract and the reason why I think they gave up all of that money all of those picks to him and, and and with the money that uh they would be spending on beckham is because they don't have to deal with the dead cap money they don't have to deal with the signing bonus and all that other stuff so you look at the contract from here on out yeah it's 17 million this year which is uh roughly market va- value for beckham but then it goes to 14 uh and 15 15 15 or 14 15 75 15 and 15 so it's you know when you look at as he goes along by the time he's 28 29 30 that's going to be cheap by nfl standards so the browns i i think made that move because you know you don't have to deal with uh all the signing bonuses and stuff like that so they're getting a receiver that i guess rg would consider if he's not uh in the top two he's in the top three in the end i mean we're talking deandre hopkins and odell beckham and i don't know where the list ends on the top three antonio brown who's also you know now uh, changing teams over to the Raiders. But I mean, that's the deal. I mean, uh, they, they get one of the best receivers in the NFL and, and you get him for, for cheap in the next few years.
1: Odell Beckham is definitely the diva receiver, right? I mean, he's somebody that, you know, carries a lot more. He's not, it's not like DeAndre Hopkins goes out there, does his job, a great receiver for the Texans that that we see every week. I mean, he has a lot of extra baggage that he, Comes with him, whether it's in the locker room, you know, off the field. I mean, he's an exciting player to watch. One of the top receivers. You're, you're right. I mean, he maybe like again, like with Antonio Brown and New Copkins and and Odell Beckham. They're the most exciting players to to watch at the wide receiver position in the NFL. And certainly, that's a great pickup for for Cleveland. Like you mentioned, to be able to put him in the system there. Uh, you know and and have Baker Mayfield have that target to throw to it's an excellent football move but you just wonder how he'll go from going from New York and the Giants and the New York market to Cleveland uh, just how he'll kind of fit in with his new teammates over there he attracts a lot of attention we know that Baker Mayfield also has an ego so, I mean, to me, it's, hey, it's exciting to watch. I hope that HBO does their hard knocks again with Cleveland. I, I'd love to see all that with, goes on with the Browns, right, with with Baker and, <laughs> and Odell Beckham. But, you, you know, you have to kind of wonder about that. But he is a phenomenal football player if he can stay healthy and stay on the field. And like you said, you get him in his prime years. But I also think, you know, getting back to the Giants before, I think that's a, a, a also a really good move for the Giants organization because they pick up the safety, Jabril Peppers. They pick up the first round draft pick. You know, they they're acquiring picks there, and so they're going to be able to rebuild their team. Yeah, they lose a flashy, sensational player at the wide receiver position, but the Giants are looking to you know rebuild after Eli Manning here when he finally you know re- retires and goes, and and then they have Saquon Barkley, you know, again the centerpiece with their with their running game and, you know, go get some receivers in the draft, uh, yeah. get some players to, and of course, get that franchise quarterback in there. And and Josh Rosen, we were mentioning Josh Rosen before, that could be, the Giants could use that, hey, I have the extra draft pick right now, you know, we can move up and, you know, Or we can go get our quarterback now, or we can move up to make sure that we get, you know, what Dwayne Haskins, the the Ohio State quarterback in the draft. So they're going to address the quarterback position pretty confident of that now, especially that they have these extra picks.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right about Josh Rosen and the Giants. That's another possibility. We're going to talk more Texans later this week. We're going to have a couple of guests. uh, So stay tuned for that. That one should be up the latest uh, early Thursday. So on your drive to work, we're going to have some Texans conversation, some more of that, but your Houston Rockets have now won nine in a row going into Wednesday night's game against golden state. The major story that broke right before we started to record RG, my guy, Daniel house. He's back on the roster. Good to go to, for the playoffs, man. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Again, like I think we had this discussion last week, and I I know that kind of your feeling on it is, you know, get in there, get in the rotation right away, and, you know, I and I I think that you know Mike D'Antoni is going to look to insert him because, like you said, he's a, a three and D player. He played really well for the Rockets, but the guy was getting twenty nine, thirty minutes a game when he was sent down because he was in the starting lineup. Well, that's not the case anymore. Eric Gordon's in the starting lineup. You have, you know, James Harden, Chris Paul are back. uh, Chris Paul's healthy in the rotation. Uh, You know, you have Eric Gordon, you have Clint Capella, and then you have P.J. Tucker. That's your starting five. So then... Mike D'Antoni's been mixing and matching his bench, you know, so he brings in Kenneth Freed, he brings in Austin mm-hmm. Rivers, you know, he he brings in Iman Schubert. I know you're not. Okay,
0: wait, 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 wait. Here, let me stop you right there. Look, Iman shumpert sucks. Yes,
1: he has not looked good. But I'm I'm and Gerald Green, we have we've forgotten about him. I'm just saying that that Mike D'Antoni, it's not a certainty when you got a you know a, a nine man rotation already nine ten guys with with Nene, that he's going to get the same minutes that he uh, you know he's not going to get twenty twenty five minutes, and you know it's going to be up to the coaches. Maybe one day he's if, depending on matchups. He says you know Gerald Green get in there. We want more offense. You know maybe it's another day like you said defensively. He wants to put in uh, Daniel House there and can also hit the three. I'm just saying it's not automatic here. Anymore, he's going to have to earn that playing time, that those minutes again in a Mike D'Antoni rotation. Not just going to get the ball rolled out. And say, well, You're let, get- let's
0: forget it. Let's, let's forget about him earning the minutes. Let's let's talk about how important he is. First of all, I want to go back to Schumpert because he's stunk, and he also has shown that he's not a very knowledgeable player. He, he doesn't play with a lot of uh, court sense because you know he, he doesn't seem to know the tea leaves on reading the Rockets over the last four or five years. He's you know, not shooting three point shots when he's wide open. Instead, he takes two steps in and shoots 18 footers, which just drives you up a wall if you're a Rockets fan. And they're not just 18 footers. He'll, you know, take a wide open three. Uh, instead of doing that, he's going to step in two or three feet and take a contested 18 foot jumper. And then he, he's turned the ball over. His defense has not impressed me whatsoever. And the other thing with Daniel House, you say, oh, he's got to earn this, he's got to earn that. Look, Here's what the Rockets have. They've got, right now, James Harden, big concern. He's got a wrist that's bothering him. His shooting has taken a nosedive in the last few games. It sure would be nice to get him some rest so that he could heal. Uh, back some minutes off on him a little bit. You could move Eric... Ha, 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 ha. You really think James Harden's going to take less minutes? <laughs> well, you could move Eric Gordon back to the backcourt, and that would take some minutes off of him, but let's talk about Eric Gordon's minutes and Chris Paul's minutes Two guys that we we absolutely know that Dan Tony is going to be watching those guys minutes and house can take some minutes away from those guys who have injury concerns that you want fresh during the playoffs. The other thing, if Daniel House started at the three or was playing more three than Eric Gordon, the one advantage that would have you is Daniel House uh, is bigger and stronger. Eric Gordon he's a small guy who's a lot of times he's having to guard these guys that are bigger guys, which has got to be harder on his legs. Um, Just like what PJ Tucker was playing all those minutes at center and having to guard big guys, that's going to improve his three point shooting down the road. Like, like it has with PJ Tucker. I mean, he's playing well right now, but one of the keys for that is just, he's not having to dribble the ball as much because, you know, Harden and uh, Chris Paul, both healthy. So you've got to take all of that stuff into consideration. Um, when you look at House and, and how he's going to get the minutes, like I said, I, to me, Schumpert isn't in the rotation anymore. He's gone from the rotation, so forget him. Look, Nene's only in the rotation if uh, Fareed is not. So that, that it's either one or the other. It's not both of those guys are going to be playing... Minutes for the Rockets. Well, well
1: fareed has been if he's he's been playing well with the Rockets, I assume that that he's going to be in there. Then you also have to look at like Austin Rivers. He offers a three point shooting. Yeah, but no, he
0: doesn't. Time. He's not. He hasn't been a very good three point shooter with the Rockets. And Daniel House. Well, he's been a good pickup for the for the season. Oh, he's and been. And yeah, they, he's been. They needed him. He was good when they they brought him in and everything like that. But I mean, to to just assume that Daniel House. You don't deserve minutes over all of these guys, especially when you're trying to manage minutes on some guys going into the playoffs. You know, all that's a big deal. I mean, Harden, look, the wrist thing to me is a big deal because the shooting has taken a a, a big drop off. You got 15 games left. Um, I get it. You don't want to drop to the four or five spot, and so they're going to have to consider that with each game. But yes. you also – Uh, probably aren't going to get up to the three spot because you're three back in the last column with 15 games left from Denver. So, you know, I'm just looking at everything and you can squeeze Daniel House a little bit, maybe of Eric Gordon's minutes. Take two or three minutes out of him. Take two or three less minutes out of Chris Paul. Uh, Definitely keep the mind shepherd out of the lineup. Take some minutes, a little bit of minutes away from uh, Austin Rivers or Gerald Green that aren't as good defensively as Daniel House is. Maybe aren't as good three point. I mean, I definitely feel like House looks like a better three point shooter than than Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers looks like at times that he's scared to take a wide open three, which worries me uh, quite a bit, especially come playoff time. But I like Austin Rivers overall because he does, you know, give you that toughness and he really fights on defense. Exactly.
1: But, so that's why I think he's going to be in the lineup. Uh, he gives you that toughness. He's also a point guard. And you can
0: you can still afford to have him in the lineup. There's no question. You can have. We know that Mike D'Antoni
1: goes with an eight in the playoffs, especially eight man rotation and be playing the majority of minutes. And I, I agree with you that house serves a purpose. I'm just saying that it's different than when he left and Oh my gosh, he was this great sensation goes down to the G league again, you know, and now coming back, it's, I mean, it's great to have him cause he's, he was, he played well when he was with the Rockets. So you want to be able to add his athleticism, his, his youth, his, his uh, three point shooting, his defensive abilities. I I'm just saying that, It's not as easy as just like, oh, automatically he's going to have 20, 25 minutes a game. I think he's going to have to like show Mike D'Antoni again, kind of reintegrate into the the rotation there and, you know, merit the playing minutes. Uh, In other words, if he – you know, we saw that earlier in the season when you were all, uh, you know, gaga over Gary Clark and then all of a sudden, you know, he was – Back on the bench and disappeared from the rotation. And He's gotten the you know some some playing time here recently. So you know you just have to see how Mike D'Antoni because they didn't have that when when Daniel House went down they did not have uh, uh, Kenneth Farid and and they did not have Mont Schubert And I know he's out and you don't think he's terrible and all that kind of stuff. But you never know with Mike D'Antoni and 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 the starters coming back into the lineup and all of that. You know that's all a factor with how he's going to do his rotation. But I want to get back to ask you a question, and and that's that the Rockets have won nine in a row, and they've beaten a lot of teams that I'm sure that when you looked at the schedule and you saw, oh, my gosh, they're going to be on the road with Golden State or they're going to be on the road with uh, – you know Toronto, or they're going to be on the road with Boston, or they're coming back home to play Philadelphia. And my gosh, I mean the Rockets, I bet they can barely slog through this schedule. And I, just two weeks ago, you are telling me, oh, they might not even be an eight seed. So it's like they've won nine in a row. They're playing great basketball. There's a reason to be excited. Aren't you excited now about the Rockets?
0: Love the defense. You know, I love the defense that they're playing right now for the most part. Um, you know, there's stuff that you still wish they would tighten up, but they they are playing more consistent defensively. It sure is nice to have Clint Capella back there scooping up rebounds and gobbling them up. And, you know, it makes a big difference. And, you know, if you, you just keep him and Farid uh, you know, healthy at the same time. Oh my goodness. That'd be great. Because both of those guys, the way they finish uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, it, it's like a dream for those two guys. I mean, you just you, you get easy dunks all the time, and it just makes life a hell of a lot easier when the Rockets are having difficulty hitting the three-point shot. And, you know, to me, that's the big thing with uh, the health and the defense is Clint Capella. Clint Capella and Clint Capella is over and over again. It's the guy, and it seems like, you know, they're rotating the, a little bit better. Um, we talked a lot about this stuff with Maya last week. Uh, great interview. Go back. Check that out. But You know, yeah, no, I definitely like the way they're playing. Uh, RG, I just want to go back to one thing on the Daniel House thing, because, you know, they they got him back, but it's not on Daryl's terms. It's not on Daryl Morey's terms. He couldn't lock House up beyond this year. Basically, they can make House a restricted free agent this summer by making him a qualifying offer of $1.85 million. The highest offer sheet they can realistically match would be at the taxpayer mid-level exception which is 5.7 million dollars but then they would lose the exception all of that's important because i'm guessing that money is the money they would they would like to offer for reed to keep him so it's going to be a lot of interesting decisions rg the good news is house won the battle but his agent said the goal this offseason is 110 percent for daniel house to stay with the Rockets. so he wants to be here he's a houston guy they're making it very obvious but you know, it's now a deal where they could lose him or they could lose Fareed with all of this stuff going on and they might have to make a difficult decision on which one of those guys you want to give the mid level exception. I think you can keep one of those guys with the mid level exception, but I don't know how the Rockets keep both of those guys. That that's what's going to be interesting.
1: And that's why Daryl Morey, in the very beginning of this, it was like you know they offered a House a multi-year contract. He didn't want that. He wanted to be able to test the free agent waters, and and that's where the standoff was. So ultimately, yeah, like you're just explaining there, you know, once the off season comes, he'll be a restricted free agent. The Rockets can match up to, but are, are they going to if he gets some? You know, like you said, like. A bigger offer elsewhere because they can only offer so much. So then they're going to lose out on him. He's going to take the big contract. He's going to get his payday, and that's what he and his agent wanted all along. It's just disappointing for the Rockets because you help develop a player, and again, that's one of the things you you get a player that can be in, in your rotation and uh, you know can be a solid contributor on a championship level team. I just, I don't think they're going to give them the whole, like you said, full max level there, especially with like a Kenneth Farid or anybody else that, you know, they might want to be able to have that given to. So, you know, I mean, I, I just think that, it's going to be very difficult for him to come back. But you're trying to win a championship this year. And like we've been talking about earlier, there's a spot for him in the rotation. He can do that. He can be a contributor off the bench and help out, help this team win a championship. So you got to be focused on that. And aren't you the guy that also said a few weeks back is like guys like Daniel House are – the three and D type guys that you you can get those type of guys. You can go find somebody else, you know, either through trade or, or through free agency, or even the draft that you can go out and get somebody, you know, that can potentially be that type of guy for next, next season. If the Rockets do lose them.
0: Yeah. They're harder to find than it seems like uh, you would think the way the Rockets have had going
1: back to your words, man. I'm just going back to what you said. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come up with the words. I, I'm, I'm dealing with the lack of sleep today, so everybody's going to have to bear with me. But Hey,
1: Daylight Savings, did you uh...
0: – Yeah, that Daylight Savings didn't help at all either. I think I got maybe four or five hours of sleep that night. But uh, last thing I have, just uh, strongly recommend Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast this week with Utah Jazz GM Den- Dennis Lindsay. As you old-school Rockets fans remember, Lindsay – Spent several years with the Rockets in the late '90s and early 2000s. I hope some of you guys out there remember that. In the podcast, though, they they've got a long discussion about Rudy T in the Hall of Fame. Lindsay goes on for several minutes. Like I think it was, this was like a 10, 15 minute conversation on why Rudy should be in Springfield. He throws out innovations that Rudy did that you know even I wasn't aware of. It, it's really interesting. There's also a good story Lindsay tells him and. About him and JVG getting into a heated discussion, which is pretty funny. It's there's no bad stuff about JVG. It's just kind of funny JVG story. But uh, go check that out when you get the chance because that Woj pod. Uh, if you're a, if you're a Rockets fan, you're gonna like it. Uh, Dennis Lindsay definitely repping the Rockets in that podcast and lots of good talk on that one. It was really interesting interview. Actually, the whole thing was really good. Go check it out. And uh, that's all we got for. Rockets and Texans, at least in this one. Like I said, uh, Rockets uh, maybe next week, but Texans definitely we will have some more of that later this week. And we're also going to have the Astros podcast. We'll talk Astros tomorrow. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there,
1: I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwitz. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes, making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts or give us a listen on any available platforms.